0: Please reach out to August to learn more about how Oberly can help with insurance due diligence at Oberly Risk.com. Or reach out to August directly at August.Felker at Oberly Risk.com. And now to the episode. Hello and welcome, everyone. I'm Alex Bridgman, and this is Think Like an Owner. This show seeks out conversations with business owners and private investors to learn how to acquire and run small companies. With a special focus on search funds, micro-private equity, and small company operations. You can learn more at alexbridgman.com slash podcast and follow me on Twitter at A.E. Bridgman. And if you like the show, please leave a review and tell a friend to help more folks find Think Like an Owner. I'm also the founder of The Operator's Handbook, a print publication where small company operators share their insights and ideas for building more effective and profitable companies. Articles focus on process improvement, sales, hiring and training, managing culture, and all responsibilities within operating a small company. If you run a small business and are looking for new ways to grow and improve, subscribe today and join your peers in the endless pursuit of better at theoperatorshandbook.com. This episode and next week's episodes are both experiments I did a while back with Think Like an Owner when I was considering launching a new podcast series. The aim for these was to have short 20 to 30 minute episodes on specific ideas and challenges operating small companies. I may eventually launch the new series, but I have other projects I'm excited about and want to invest more time into. Let me know what you think of these next two episodes and if you want to see more episodes with a similar format. This first one is with Jason Hill. Jason appeared in episode 50 to share his learnings acquiring and growing his father-in-law's countertop business. In this episode, we talk all about food at the office and some of the benefits to making food a stronger priority at work. Jason has done a lot, including adding coffee machines, more microwaves, and even doing company pig roasts at his house. I'd advise listening to this episode on your lunch break. It'll probably make you hungry. Enjoy. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast again, Jason. I'm excited to chat about food this time and hear a little bit about what your office food situation is like. We were talking about barbecuing earlier and this whole thing's making me hungry. So I'm curious, what did the food situation just at the office look like prior to you making any changes? So when you took over the business from your father-in-law, what did things look like?
1: So really when I started, I think the biggest like shock was like, they didn't, we didn't really eat, you know, it's like we were working a lot. We were sitting in the office. We wouldn't, we never went out for lunch. We wouldn't really bring lunch in. You know, a lot of times we just grabbed something from the gas station if he had to run up there. So, I mean, it really was somewhat absent. We had a small break room with, you know, a coffee pot in there and one fridge. But, you know, in the office, we never really ate. And out back, you know, everyone, the guys kind of ate by themselves during lunch. So there really wasn't, really wasn't a big presence at the beginning.
0: So you also talked a little bit before we started recording about a a vending machine that you found in the office. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: (laughs) Yeah. So I would say the first instance, when I started, things were slow, you know, still kind of during the, I would say the bad times, we were trying to clean some stuff out and there was two vending machines in the office that you know, for years, no one can get a hold of the people, so they were never getting refilled. You know, there's nothing in them at that point. They were just kind of in the way, taking up space. So we tried. I mean, we tried it as many times as we could to get in touch with who we thought owned them at the time, and you couldn't. And so we just decided we're going to crack them open. You know, get everything out, and then just put them on Craigslist to have someone take them away for free. So I think when we broke it open, there was you know $16 in there. So I said, "Hey, you know, we're just going to take this, run down to the local pizza shop, get some pizzas. Everyone can split it. You know, in some degree, it was their money that was in there anyway because they were the guys buying the stuff. So we did that, and that you know, everyone loved it. And you look back and it was like, you know, we had so few guys at the time, it probably cost twenty bucks to get a couple of pizzas and then get it, you know, two twelve packs of coke or something, and feed everyone. And it was kind of the first time that we." fed the entire shop and it gives everyone time to break and you know eat together whereas on a normal day everyone kind of you know does their own thing and eats by themselves and things like that
0: so was this one of the first times that you were starting to understand that maybe food could play a role in your office and from there where did your thinking go
1: yeah i think it was surprising how much people enjoyed it you know because it was just a you know cheap five dollar pizza But I think, you know, for us, a lot of the guys in the shop, English isn't their first language. You know, there's not a lot in common. You know, I was young at the time. You know, a lot of those guys have four or five kids. You know, a lot of them weren't born in the United States. You know, everything's very different. Our lives from theirs. And, you know, something so simple that, like, everyone loved it. You know, we've gone through different iterations of like, oh, the guys really don't like, you know, this type of food or things like that or, you know we did tacos one time and you realize not a lot of the guys out back eat flour tortillas. Like that's very much more popular in like the, you know, like tech specs and things like that. So, you know, there's been some learning curves, but it was, you know, it's just something simple that everyone enjoyed. It gives everyone time to break and hang out together and just a very relaxing environment.
0: How did you begin to incorporate food more and more into the office?
1: So as we added more people to the office, you know, kind of, the discussion was like, oh, what do you want to do? You know, do we want to grab something or we enjoy cooking. We said, oh, you know, it'd be nice, you know, if we could cook burgers for everyone, so we'll bring a grill to the office. And then as we grew, we had more guys in the office. So we were like, oh, you know, it'd be nice to add a second fridge so that you could have drinks. So if customers come in, there's drinks there. So we put a fridge in the showroom where previously we didn't have one. And then we actually expanded and moved the break room and built it on the second level, so we were building it from scratch. And in the previous break room, it's like, you know, the the coffee was always running out. There's only one coffee pot. You know, everyone was trying to heat up lunches and, you know, there was too many microwaves for the circuit, so you're always popping the microwave. And if you didn't notice it, you might've popped the circuit that the uh, fridge was on. So when we built the new one, we built it so we maintained the fridge in the showroom and then added two fridges in the break room for the guys so everyone could have their food in there and not have like space issues. And then we, across the countertop, put five different runs of outlets in so that you can run all the coffee, you know, two coffee pots, four different microwaves, everything at the same time. Every fridge, every microwave, every coffee pot was on separate circuits, so you didn't have the issues of like, oh, if someone went to use, you know, they brought in hot plates to heat tortillas, you know, you don't have to worry about just like the day-to-day hassles of, you know, there was guys that had microwaves plugged in, you know, down by the toolboxes because that was a, they knew that was on a different circuit, and it was just seemed like something of like, you know, because we had the benefit of designing from the ground up, it's kind of just going through the process of doing things that make their lives more enjoyable. You know that isn't a big deal to us. You know, it was easy to add all the different circuits because we were building from scratch. So that's that was kind of a blessing having to move the break room because you know we could do something that they enjoyed. They appreciated having the extra fridge space. They appreciated that, you know, the microwaves were all in the break room. They weren't, you know, scattered out through extension cords and all through the shop. I think, you know, that's kind of what it circles back to is just making sure the employees know that you appreciate the work they do for you. And Yeah, that's kind of where food comes in it's like small things you can do that shows to them that you care because you do and you want them to know that
0: yeah i agree food has a really community building factor to it i'm curious what kind of unintended positive and negative consequences have come with adding more food to the office and more coffee pots and fridges anything that come to mind
1: I think if you're not careful, it's real easy to let time get away. You know, if you're spending, you know, there's some times where you're like, oh, it'd be great to cook this meal for the guys in the office and for everyone. And you don't think ahead and you pick something that's real complicated and realize, you know, it takes three hours of prep and then three hours to cook it. And all of a sudden, there's probably a lot more stuff you should be doing. But instead, you spend six hours preparing a meal for the guys. So the lesson there is like, you know, we try to do stuff that's, Very easy on our time now because, you know, we're still pretty small shop and, you know, I wish I had six hours every day to think about what we're going to do for lunch for everyone. But, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that's got to get done. So that I mean, that's probably one of the negatives. It's very easy to let kind of like that time just get drawn away. But. Some of the positives are, I mean, one, a lot of our guys come from either like Honduras or Guatemalas that work in the shop. So some of our guys or their wives have started, you know, they would say, hey, on Friday, you know, my wife's making tamales for everyone. So, you know, they'll just come in with a cooler of handmade fresh tamales. And funny side note from that is like in, I would say the American culture, at least the United States, if you're going to serve like a tamale or something that's fully wrapped with. You know the leaves and everything you would assume there's no bones in it because like in the united states you would never serve something you know like a burger or anything where something inside of there is going to have bones but that's not true a lot of places most places you know they cook if they cook the thigh they cook with the bone in or if they cook you know the leg and everything to bone in so you know i started chewing the, like bite tamale and there's bones in the center. <laughs> But, you know, it was a you know everyone laughs, it was a good time. But yeah, a lot of the guys have either started to either offer to bring stuff in, or they'll say, hey, you know, there's a baleata shop, which is maybe like a Honduran breakfast quesadilla. So it'll be like a homemade, more of a flatbread than a tortilla. And then like eggs, steak, cheese, avocado, kind of made into like a quesadilla. And they're like, hey, you know, can we order this food from this place? and like things you would never try or never even heard of they're incredible and so it's cool to see you know kind of stuff that they enjoy or that they've had or kind of stuff that comes more from their culture you know we're happy to do it because you know we're not picky we'll eat almost anything but you know that's kind of like you said it's a very communal thing so it's like you know they bring some stuff that like you know they know we've probably never heard of or I mean, really would never have the opportunity, you know, there's not a lot of Honduran restaurants around. So it's like they know someone whose wife cooks or something and they say, Hey, can we have this person bring this food in? And we're always down to try anything. So, yeah. I mean, aside from, you know, taking the time to everyone to stop and, you know, for breakfast, you know, everyone stops at 9am or somewhere and eats breakfast when we normally wouldn't. I mean, there's not a lot of downside. Everyone enjoys it. You know, it's nice to have just a 20 minute break or 15 minute break or, kind of break that, you know, it probably wouldn't be great if we did it every day, but once every other week or something's, I think it's worth the positive aspects of it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Do you make sure that every week you have some sort of company-wide lunch, or is it more just informal and you just kind of decide day to day if you want to do something?
1: It's more informal. So a lot of the times, a lot of times for breakfast, it'll Either someone offers something, say, like, "Hey, we're just going to do this tomorrow morning." There's a couple small shops that are local to us, food restaurants that it's like we can just. You have a craving of like, "Hey, remember the thing that you guys brought us? You know, two weeks ago. Let's do that tomorrow." And that's kind of more sporadic. The lunch is usually planned because you know you don't want everyone to bring lunch in. And then, you know, have a big lunch. So we did a catering event last week. So that's something that's kind of planned out, a bigger thing. A lot of times, whether we're doing like sandwiches or tacos, we'll smoke a lot of pork. That's always planned out because we're always going to be putting the food on the day before. So, you know, we'll kind of give the guys a heads up of like, hey, this Friday or Thursday or whatever it is, we'll make sure we're cooking for everyone and try to give them a heads up just so no one brings food. And what we're planning to cook for everyone anyway. The dinner... When we do dinners, it's normally, like, not in the the best situations. It's like, hey, we know we're going to have late nights this week, so let's try to figure out, you know, if we have to work late on Wednesday night, you know, let's get dinner orders. Sometimes we'll do it, like, an early dinner so, you know, people are – everyone can eat, and then we kind of finish the work. And a lot of times, if we're working till like, maybe 7 or 8 o'clock – you know, we'll just order all the meals to go, so it's like at the end of their shift, they can just kind of grab the meal and have dinner on the way home, or take food home, or anything. And that's, you know, it's kind of a different situation than like the celebratory meals, but they appreciate it. You know, if we have to work late for a commercial project, we're not getting done till eight. You know, their families are probably eaten, so it's just kind of like the small gesture you can do to say, hey, we, we know you guys don't want to be here this late. We don't want to be here this late. You know, we appreciate you guys staying late to help meet the deadlines. So things like that, you know, things like that can happen where they're not as planned. But, you know, the lunch is the big one that normally gets planned because the lunch is one where if you don't say anything, everyone's going to have lunch plans. Whereas the breakfast, it's like people priority breakfast. But, you know, if you have something good coming in, no one minds stopping and having a second breakfast.
0: Have you noticed any odd gains from adding food that are more system process oriented?
1: From the office side a lot of times we'll order in lunch or cook lunch for the office specifically. I think the benefit there is that everyone gets together and stands around an island. We don't have a lot of seating, but you know we're normally standing around the island in the showroom just kind of eating. It. Things come up. It's like, hey, you know, it'd be a great idea if we staged material like this because that would be probably more effective for the saw guys. You know, it's kind of a time where everyone's standing around just kind of brainstorming, but you're not working on any specific task. You know, it's kind of like the time to sit back and think like, oh, you know, if we move this material or cut this this way, you know, that might be a faster way. Or, hey, you know, I saw this machine that had come out that, you know, we should look and see if, you know, that would help our shop that's kind of the benefit you really see it you know it kind of gives everyone time to just stop because like I said before you know we didn't eat lunch so you know for the lunch hour most people would just sit at their computers or run out and grab something quick and bring it back but you know if you're providing lunch or cooking lunch for the whole office you know everyone kind of stops to you know typically everyone stops and breaks to eat which kind of gives you time to reflect and you know discuss some ideas where otherwise no one would sit together with that free time unless you plan like a meeting which you know we might try to do that once every quarter but it's a lot easier for ideas to just get it passed around during the day for the shop i think the main thing is that like if they feel like appreciated and you know no one clocks out if we're doing you know 15 minutes or 20 minutes or 30 minutes for breakfast so i think it's more you're showing that appreciation and that's something that you're probably not going to be able to track or you know find any data points where you see the benefit but you know, if they feel appreciated, you know, they're willing to go the extra mile and help you out if you're in a situation where you need it. Or, you know, I think happy employees just work. Yeah, they're more caring. They're willing to go the extra mile or make sure, you know, things are getting done right. And I also think it kind of brings just the team closer together. So, if you know, if there's a situation that it's more of a, like family situation where they can bring it up, you know, there's kind of always a divide between the guys in the office and the guys in the shop. And I think that's something that helps bridge it. And I think if you have kind of that open communication, because, you know, you guys hang out around those situations, it makes a more open dialogue. And I think that kind of pays back as well, because, you know, a lot of the guys have worked in the countertop industry longer than we have. So, you know, one, they've worked in the countertop industry longer. Two, you know, some of those guys that work in the shop have probably worked at three or four shops before working for us. And knock on wood, once we have employees, you know, we'd retain them for a long time. But there's a lot of things other shops do that are probably a better way than what we're doing. And it's like when you have the time to have that open communication, you can kind of get that feedback from them. And, you know, it could help the shop run better and, you know, make our lives better, and make their lives better. So. Yeah, I think that's, you know, from the shop side, it'd be hard to kind of track, put a dollar figure on it. But I think as a whole, you know, if you know, the guys are happy and you know, they feel appreciated, you know, you're going to have a more productive crew back there.
0: You also talked about doing bigger dinners. Is this something that you would do at the, like the end of every year or at the end of a quarter, you'd have maybe a bigger dinner, maybe not somewhere else besides the office?
1: No, the only thing we've done so far outside of the office is we did a party at our barn where we did a full pig roast and you know we invited everyone from the company. A lot of guys came. We were actually surprised that you know we we don't live close to the shop and a lot of the guys don't live close to the shop in a different direction. So it was kind of an event for them, everyone to get out there. But everyone had a great time and that's kind of on our list of like, you know, we'd like to do a better job with that. I think the next thing we're gonna try to do is there is a entertainment venue that's focused around the golfing experience that is coming to the area by us and we just you know ran long hours on a couple hard weeks to get all the countertops put in you know the guys in the shop almost never get to see the finished product because the guys that work in the shop are never kind of the guys that are on site so I think once that they should be getting opening maybe in the next month. I think that's kind of like the next big thing where we we do want to have more experiences outside of the shop and you know it's kind of a catch-22 because you know one of the guys that used to work for us he's like you know I see you guys every day he's like I don't want (laughs) to spend my evenings or weekends seeing you guys more but I think you know to go out and have an event there I think everyone will enjoy it and That's kind of the next big thing we'll probably do outside the shop. We'd like to do more dinners and stuff that aren't focused around, you know, hey, we're doing dinner because we have working long hours. But just time always seems to just fly by. And it's like one of those things that you just don't always get to. But that's definitely on our list to do kind of more more events outside the office. So everyone can have a good time. We've done everything. At this point, we have you know the Traegers at the office, grills are at the office, cooktops are at the office, electric smokers at the office. You know, we've <laughs> we've had almost anything. We've done all sorts of stuff. I mean, it's really you know, at first you know we did kind of the easier things. We'd kind of do hot dogs and burgers, but you know soon you realize it's a lot easier to smoke six pork butts than it is to try to you know grill whatever fifty burgers on them on a residential-sized grill, it takes, you know, it takes hours because you can't fit them all, so you're wasting a lot of time trying to do that. So, no, I I mean, I think the bigger idea is, like, you know, it's kind of like I said, if you ask people what they want, they always want more money. But it's like, you know, more money doesn't really make someone feel appreciated. Obviously, they enjoy it and all that. But, you know, it's something everyone's always going to ask for. And it's like, what can you do outside of that realm that... You know, shows you care because, like a lot of things, like you know, if we're cooking for the shop, it's like I'm cooking. You know, the office staff is cooking for, you know, everyone outside and things like that. And so, now I really think they enjoy it. But it's kind of like the countertops. It's just so simple. You know, they just do things they like and makes them happy.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much, Jason, for sharing a little more about your food, and you're making me hungry. So I need to go get a get a snack or something. But. Thank you for, for sharing. This
1: has been fun. Yeah, thanks for having us on again.
0: Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a review and telling a friend to help more folks find things Like an Owner. I also want to thank our show's sponsors, Lightbook Bank, Hood & Strong, and Oberly for their support. For full episode transcripts and more information, please visit our website at alexbridgman.com slash podcast. And if you want to learn more about the Operator's Handbook, please visit us at theoperatorshandbook.com and join your peers in the endless pursuit of better.